This is a little confused. This is a little uh, more than I thought. I gotta be honest. I came. In, I came in with my dick swinging. Welcome to Building Friendships. I'm your host, John Sotis. Yeah, we are on. Let's do it. Um, we have a New Yorker here, so I'm feeling comfortable. Well, she's not from New York, but she's from New York. From Philly. Philly uh, Wawa country. Unfortunate. The, the, the place that destroys their city when they win the city. Or lose. Yeah. Or lose. Win or lose, they're destroying Philadelphia. Uh, we have Christina Hutchinson. She's a podcaster. She's a comic. She does everything. Yeah. She's an actress. Yes. Because we know Dennis and Bethany. We have mutual oh, we friends. Do? Yeah. I love them. Bethany's one of my best friends. Oh, um, Bethany rules. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Well, thank you for doing this. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm a, I am 35 going on 10. So I was very excited to know that we get to play with toys. You're someone that I, I have a, a small list of people who I'm like, I think they're going to be good at this. Yeah. There are a lot of people who have gotten four pieces in, three or four pieces in. I think you're going to crush this in the the time we, we're going to be doing. I was going to say, is it timed? What's yeah. What, so what? it's not timed. We're going to see how long we get within the, the episode. And okay. that's it. So uh, I'll, I'll I'll do mine first. So last year they released a Muppets uh, series and I want to I'm going to be customizing the Lego Friends school theater to be a theater for the Muppets. Oh, school theater. Yeah, it's thing really weird. It's very pink, which is fine. Nothing wrong with pink. You're but. OK with pink. Are you sure? I, listen, Manly I saw the Barbie movie. I'm I'm just Ken. I gotta figure it out. Yeah. Do you do you like the Barbie movie? Second time I saw it. The <laughs> first. <twice. laughs> we'll get to that. Uh, qu really quickly, what set are you doing? <laughs> it's in, um, Jurassic, Park. Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. It comes with a pile of shit. The Jeep. The, the 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 legendary Jeep, and then Laura Dern, and then Jeff Goldblum, and uh, a pile of poop. From this tour, oh, this is a great set. It's a great set. Wow, pile of poop. Yeah, so let's do this. How um, many people usually, that, has anybody finished? Uh, who, so I'm I, I just did an episode with my friend Rachel. She finished, and Sarah Tiana was I the other, it. yeah, she was the other person who I was like, this, she's going to crush it. And she got really far in the episode, and then the next morning she texted me, yeah, I finished this last night. So oh. I was very impressed with hers, but it's, it's very difficult to... Uh, to get it done and talk at the same time. Well, I think that's where people are struggling. That's where the benefit of being a New Yorker. Yeah. We multitask that's right. all that's, damn day. That's it. Um, so, yeah, so I, I saw the Barbie movie the first time and I fell asleep and I missed the entire Ross, Ryan Gosling sing along uh, scene. And funny. then I saw it the second time and I was like, this movie's great. Yeah. Did you did you see it? Uh, yes, I saw it once with my girlfriends. Oh, I think, am I on this one? Oh, uh, okay. Um, and it was fantastic. Uh, I loved it. Everybody got dressed up. I really loved that. Um, <laughs> everyone looked really cute. There was, <laughs> it was very, it was one of those, you know, the pendulum swings too hard in the other direction when like women's rights. And yeah, and then we, we got, we were really amped. There was a lot of women there. We were all dressed up. We were all in groups of girlfriends. And then there was men coming in. <laughs> we were like, why are men here? And they're like, shut up. We can't, <laughs> that's not nice. Um, <laughs> and then you watch the movie and you're like, oh, th that's actually the exact point of the movie. Yeah. 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 It was great. I loved the Barbie movie. Um, I, think I, I saw Book of Mormon like the day before and I was I got really spoiled with like for the first time. Uh, no, the second time. Okay. And it's actually better the second time. Is it? And I am amazed by how quickly they just do joke, joke, joke. They punch you in the face with jokes because it's I mean, trade South and, Park. Yeah. Yeah. They're geniuses, but um, you could tell. And I also, I saw Beyonce two days ago. The, I would say Trey and Matt are equivalent. They're the Beyonce's of comedy writing. You 
you are a big Beyonce person. You I love my, Beyonce. Yes, I almost wore my Beyonce shirt today, but I was like, we're gonna. I mean, I don't know if you have to choose one or the other, but I'm a I'm more of a Swifty. Oh, well, yeah. that's your prerogative. I mean, I I am definitely on. Uh, yeah, you're a Swifty. Well, um, I I like Taylor Swift. I think she's a lovely. Yeah. I think she's a great role I model. I never got onto the the Beyonce bandwagon. Right, 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 right. Okay. Well, what do you like about Taylor Swift? I think it's the instrument thing. I think it's there's something about someone like that. That's what uh, I think Fahim Anwar uh, like said. This was similar to he was unable to do anything. And he said it was similar to building Lego and talking was similar to playing an instrument and singing at the same time, which I can't do. Oh, I can do that. It, I, I have a piano really? in my apartment. I can play and sing and I'm learning drums. That that blows my mind. Yeah. So it's called independence uh, when the, when well, at least when you're drumming, uh, the ability to have each limb do something different. And I already knew that with with piano and I live in New York, so everything's always chaotic. So yeah. this is a little confused. This is a little uh, more than I thought. I got to be honest. I came in, I came in with my dick swinging going again. I'm going to nail this. Yes, truly. That That's the beauty of New York. You come in realizing that you probably can do anything in California than anybody else can. can. We think we can. And then- I think. No, I've been here long enough to say we can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 we can. I feel confident with the stand-up thing. You know what's so funny? When I first came here for stand-up, and this was like a little cute, naive thing that I thought, but I was like, all the stand-ups here are hot. Like, that's not a requirement in New York. You that's don't have what, to be hot. That's what I say about you the homeless people here. Be, they're hot? They're attractive homeless people. You right. can't tell if they're homeless or just came from the beach. Right, right, and right. And like, I'm sitting here, I was in New York 5, and now I'm in, in LA 2, and I'm like, this is fucking garbage. Yeah, 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 yeah. That sucks. Oh, okay. I see. Okay. When when did you first start stand up? Uh, God, thir- thirteen years ago, twelve years ago. I in- I moved to New York because I wanted to intern at Saturday Night Live because I wanted okay. to be on Saturday Night Live, and um, I knew that I was going to Penn State my first year of college. I knew that if I if I did college in New York, I could intern at SNL because you have to be in college to intern at SNL, yeah. uh, at for NBC. And I interviewed three times. They rejected me all three times, and then the fourth time. I think the woman felt bad for me. She called to say the, there's no positions after she interviewed me because no one quits. If you get an internship at SNL, you don't quit. They just stay there for their whole college duration. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, if anybody decides they don't want to do it, you call me. And I was so sad. And then she called me an hour later. It was like a miracle. She called me an hour later and she goes, you know what? Come in Tuesdays and Saturdays. And my grandpa died that same day. And I was very sad about that, but goddamn, I was so happy about the SNL thing that I like I didn't grieve for like months because I was too excited about SNL. There was a bunch of girls that interned at SNL that did not like me, and I felt very like they just they they were like I don't know they had like a mean girl vibe, and I was so meek and like spineless during college that I would just like eat my lunch in the bathroom, that kind of thing. Oh. But um, I speaking of Beyonce, so when Betty White hosted Jay Z was a musical guest, I on the eighth floors, which is where Studio 8H is, where they yeah. shoot, there's a very tiny, thin hallway where the musical artist's green room is. I had to go through that to get, well, I pretended I had to go through it. So I walked through it and I passed Beyonce in the hallway and I ran to the bathroom and scream cried. I mean, I don't- So you're long-term Beyonce. Oh, yeah. You're, you're OG Beyonce. Since I was 15. Destiny's Child? Yes. Okay. Yeah, she raised me. I didn't have I didn't have a lot of strong women in my life. You know, <laughs> you know what's really funny? Now you just brought back this memory. I had the same experience with NBC. 
but not with SNL. I my dream, like the reason I even started doing stand up, which I hated doing, I hated performing, was I wanted to be a writer, and that was the only way to really be seen to get right. on one of like the the Daily Show and Friends show. Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to be a. Uh, so even though I had a full time job. I wanted to be a writer for Fallon and I was like, I mm. want to, I want to interview for that. So I went for an internship interview mm-hmm. where they were like, we just need, you need to prove that you're getting credits. So I went to my college professor and I was like, Hey, can you write me a letter saying that you'll give me credits? He's like, yeah, no problem. So I was like, great. So I had the interview. They did the same thing as me, as you. They were like, we don't really have anything right now. It's really meant for college students, but we'll give you an SVU internship. I worked oh. at SVU for two years. Oh, Law Order SVU. Yeah, that's great. It's not what I wanted to do. It was a yeah, lot of a lot of dead bodies, but yeah, I was like, this is amazing. This is I mean, you learn shops. Yeah, I and learned. you learn like. That's what it, you, I learned a lot writer. from it. That's yeah. that's what people need to to do is, I, I, I'm sort of in the mentality of college is great, but it's not as necessary as an internship. Right, and, and I wasn't going to go to college, but uh, I went, I, I did go and I'm glad I did only because I got to intern at SNL because the last day of my internship at SNL. So interns weren't allowed to go to the after parties because one of them fucked Jeremy Piven. But of, and of course, that was the intern's fault. And um, <laughs> so ever since then, we couldn't go to the after party. I'm like, let's just can we just if we're going to fuck, we're going to fuck. Yeah, just let us fuck. Yeah. But I, I do understand why they were. <laughs> they'd rather That's not nice. Jeremy Piven have that happen. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Ari, um, that's what Ari wants. Yeah, especially at that time. Um, <laughs> oh, those were the entourage anymore. days? Yeah, oh. yeah. Well, it was when he was hosting. So an intern fucked up one of the hosts. And when I was like, well, which one? Got and they're like, it. Jeremy Piven. I'm like, sick, good for her. Um, so we were only allowed at the after after parties. The after after party started at 3.30 <laughs> in the morning. And I, sober, oh, good for I look back, I'm like, good for me. Just completely sober. I was so excited. I would stay up until 3.30 in the morning. And and my friends and I would wait and then we would get there was a phone number you call, you get the password and the location to the after after party. And the second it hit three thirty, we called, we got the info and we're like, We're going. And we would go until like five in the morning. And it was some of the best times of my life. So the last episode of that semester that I interned, there was only one mixed party. And I was very excited about that. It was on the ice skating rink. And that's when we got to kind of mingle with the writers. And I said to John Lutz, What do I gotta do to get on the show? And he comes from an improv background. Thought he was going to tell me UCB, but he said you should do stand up, and I was like, "That's not what I wanted to hear." But I, the next day, I signed up for a bringer show. So, which is fucking cr- like, look where you are now. Yeah, just, it's just crazy when Thanks, you look John. back at that, and yeah. you're just sort of like, it was one of those moments that was life changing, and I had no idea. Yeah, you don't yeah. know at the moment, and then yeah. you realize, oh, this is something I can do. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was very similar to mine in that you wanted to get on a show and like stand up was the way. Yep. I took a stand up class, which I will defend till the end. Of, like I took Jessica. I wish I did. Stand-up oh, class. I mean, the Jessica. Best, best in the world. Christ. I Jim Mandrino's taught it, but like having her as a mentor and getting those uh, Friday night spots at the at the at Gotham and Gotham being my home club like yep. that was. That's everything. It, yeah, yeah. Yeah. When and people home, shit on. Yeah. When people shit on that on, on stand up classes, I'm like, no, 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 no. I my first time ever on stage ever, ever, ever was a bringer show. Nightmare. I don't I don't. It's like I hate myself. Like, why did I put myself in that position? Like I forced my broke friends to pay twenty dollars a ticket and have two drinks (laughs) at Broadway Comedy Club. And there wasn't even like a famous person on the show. When you do bringers at Gotham, like Seinfeld to show up or Gaffigan, no famous people. It was just awful comedians doing five minutes and it was and you have to bring 30 to get that tape well i brought um i think for that time i only got five minutes 
and I had to bring five people. Did you get, did you even get a tape out of it? Gotham, if you I brought, if you brought I did. Now you got a tape. I did, but I can't watch that. You're, you're, you know what though? Um, maybe I can now. Actually, I mean that's a series I always wanted to do. Comics bringing their old DVDs. I have mine, and it, it was bad. Yeah, I. Uh, it's so cute. But now that I, I don't have self-esteem, yeah. I have self-esteem now so I can look back and go, girl, you tried. You, you bombed, but you tried. That's the problem with success. You get that self-esteem. And uh, yeah. yeah. So, OK. So how long? In, because and I'm not kissing your ass because you're a guest here. You're the first successful podcast that I knew of, like even before Sick. Rogan, because I was a New York. Oh, guy. wow. Because oh, right. I was a New York guy. Yeah, it was yeah. like, what are the New York comics doing? And yeah, yeah. It was like, guys, we fucked. And that was be- that was way before I think Norman did his. Oh, yeah. So, uh, well, Norman was doing Tuesdays with Stories with Tuesdays Joe Tuesdays with List. Stories. He wasn't doing the one with Sam Merrill yet. Oh, no. no, no so, no. like, you were the first success. I'm like, oh, this is a thing now. Yeah, it got huge quick. It was kind of crazy. So, how- so let's start at the beginning. So, yeah. how, do you- how did you and Corinne meet? Uh, so... So I moved to New York to intern at SNL, as I said, and I um, my first ever internship uh, interview was with a company called Liebman Entertainment. They're a talent management company. They represent Lin Manuel Miranda, okay, um, Sandra Bernhard, all these all these heavy hitter actors and musical actors and all that stuff. Corinne. So the co- company consisted of three people: Corey Richmond. Um, Brian Liebman, they were the talent managers, and then Corinne Fisher. <laughs> and she was the assistant slash junior talent manager. So she was my first ever internship. She was like kind of my boss. Oh, that's crazy. And, yeah. And um, I had this attitude of like, one thing I'm pretty good at that I know I can crush is like making a good impression. Yeah. And so I'm like, I'm going to be the first one there. Last to leave. I'm not going to be annoying. I'm going to have a great attitude. Like I really kind of had an idea of how to how to make an impression. So... Um, she was my first internship, and then that was sophomore year of college. By the time senior year rolls around is when I interned at SNL, and I did the Bringer shows, and I Corinne came to my very first Bringer show because wow. I messaged everybody on Facebook, like, yeah. I'm going to come do comedy. <laughs> and uh, she what came. Oh, it's terrible. I feel so bad for anybody that has seen me. It was awful. But she says I wasn't that bad, and she would have been pretty honest. I don't think you were bad. It's, I, I, I imagine you. no structure. I was just talking. Yeah. It's fine. It's what a lot of people use podcasts for now. You do an episode and things pop up and you're like, oh, I could turn this into something. Yeah, yeah. Except you're trying to turn it into something on stage. Right. And I didn't know. I just didn't have the wherewithal to like write. I didn't know. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, but I'm glad I did it. it. That was a very ballsy. Like when you're 20 years old, you got balls, you know? Yeah. And you really got to take advantage of that bravery that you kind of it's like you're a kamikaze pilot. Honestly, it's all it's what we see in the TikTokers now. Yeah, I'm going to do the milk crate challenge. I, yeah. Yeah. At 37. I'm not doing a milk crate challenge. No. At 21. Close. Maybe. These are cracked. Yeah. 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 So. Um, so, yeah, I really uh, I really took advantage of uh, just being young, dumb and excited to be there in New York City. <laughs> we'll get back to the podcast. Are you able to ask for things now? Like one of the things I see at the store, people are, at, are afraid to ask for more spots. Uh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I usually if I want more spots, it's it's. Not I'll, even more spots. Like, like the, I'll say I have a important audition or something coming up. Can yeah. You, and, you know, um, can you. That's that's you a know. good skill to have. Yeah. Because there yeah, are a yeah. lot of people that are like, oh, I don't want to bother them. And it's like, no, right. but if you don't ask, they're not going to offer anything. And two, people ask to be on guys we've fucked all the time. And they have yeah. since we started. And uh, it was mostly men that asked. Not, I mean, I get. And, and a lot of when we started to have comedians on. Um, yeah, it was the male comedians that were like kind of unafraid to ask. And then yeah. the female comedians were. And I'm like, come on. 
Ask. Who gives a shit? Yeah. <laughs> Worst case scenario, you're getting told Say no. no. Yeah. yeah. The one thing I'm bad at is saying no to people. I, I don't. I'm so uncomfortable. That's one of my worst traits is that I want everyone to like me. And I feel like if I say no, they won't. I just, I don't know. I don't think it, it used to be about wanting people to like me for sure. But now I'm just like, I just feel bad. Like, I don't want you to think, I don't yeah, want you to feel that bad. Too. Well, yeah. I think there's, a, there's also a lot of, you were in that position. Like you asked for an internship and you know, you wouldn't, you weren't happy when you were told no, and you don't want to do that yeah. for somebody, but you also can't commit to a yes. Yeah. 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 It's tricky. A lot of layers. So, okay. So here, here's my next question. So Guys, we fucked. When you came up with that title, did you was there any paranoia around the idea of like, oh, God, we're going to get trashed because it's two women talking about sex? The same way they have that stigma with stand up where it's like, no, if you're funny, you're funny. Yeah. No, I, I didn't have the only paranoia I had. Truly, the only paranoia I had was, fuck, my mom can't know I do this. Really? This is the only thing. I was going, terrified of my mother. Because you were going to go balls to the wall and just be open about everything. Yeah, we we're going to. Yeah. And we, we, you know, our plan, we we basically, when Corinne, Corinne thought of the idea, she said, okay. I want to interview every guy we've ever slept with for a podcast we'll call it Guys We Fucked. I added on the anti-slut shaming podcast to kind of just give it a little more, um, yeah, I don't know, depth. And then um, even though the t Guys We Fucked is perfect on its own. And um, and we sat down in a room one day. We made like a magazine style pamphlet of what we wanted, how we wanted this to go, like what really? the topics we wanted to discuss. Yeah, we kind of take shit pretty seriously. Um, <laughs> and uh, and we, yeah, we we were like, what? Why do we want to talk about this stuff? Why does it mean something to us? What were the times that we've gotten like slut shamed? You know. And so we really were thoughtful about it. And, and that's why it was a success. Yeah. Like one of my big, biggest pet peeves here is because I'm quote unquote the podcast guy. Everyone pitches me stuff and mm. it's just the most disorganized. Like, hey, we're going to have someone coming in. We're going to do interviews. I'm like, okay, and where's, how does that separate you from the other 2 million podcasts? Right. Where's the theme? Where's the something you Structure need? or yeah, even yeah. structure. Yeah. That's what's been, that's, that's why you guys were such a success early on. You went in with the plan and it wasn't just, we're going to talk on the mic and something will pop up. Yeah. Yeah, and it's and I really it it was very interesting for us. Like I think if the if the person want if I think one of the keys to having a successful podcast is to be interested in what you're talking about. Yes. If you're excited about it, like I might not even give a shit about the topic you're talking about, but if you have an enthusiasm that you bring to the table, I'm gonna wanna I'll fucks with you. Yeah. You know? No, that makes sense. Obviously, as a comic, you have a certain amount of workload, and as as a I'm sure at some point you had a day job while you were doing stand up. Mm. So now you have this extra responsibility of doing the podcast and then having to deal with social media. Oh yeah. How how do how do you transition from I'm just getting up and 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 going on stage every night and that's my responsibility to now I have kind of a real job. It's a legit yeah. Job. Well, when we started, guys, we fucked. It was 2013. Social media was just Instagram was the idea of Instagram to promote your business was five years away. Well, yeah. Four, maybe. I'm sure people started it and then it, but to, for it to really catch on, because like it is now, yeah. posting is so, it's exhausting, but I think if you kind of plan it out in a, ahead of time, it can be, you know, a beast you could conquer. Um, but yeah, that, we were just so used to working. When both Corinne and I were in college, I had, I worked 30 hours a week at Apple and I interned at SNL twice a week wow. and I went to college full time. So, and I like had a lot of friends that I, and I really... Yeah, I just had energy. So I had that I, that energy kind of carried over to uh, to when Guys We Fucked hit. We got all these press, like every magazine, every newspaper, every news organ. Like we got so much press on our own. Now that I've we've had uh, a publicist and I understand the work that went in, goes into it. And I look back, I'm like, yo, we got Vogue, CNN, like every major media own. outlet. They just emailed us. Yeah. And we we're like, 
holy shit. I remember we were at New York Comedy Club once for a Halloween party. I think Corinne was dressed as Marilyn Manson and I was dressed as Lord. And uh, <laughs> we got an email asking to do a TED Talk. And I was like, we were wasted. Like, Corinne, we just got to do a fucking TED Talk. Can you believe this shit? Um, it was pretty cool. That was very memorable. Oh, man. Do you... I guess since you've had since you've been in the industry pre and post big social media, do you prefer life now or life before social media was like the be, be all and all? The thing yeah. is, social media is good. It's good to it's good to be able to promote your business. It's really valuable, and it's like that we we sell tickets via social media. I mean, that's yeah. really imperative to our. But, you know, I guess how we sold tickets before was just talking about it on the podcast. And I, I do wish we were still at a time like that. But, you know, you got to roll with the punches. That's yeah. I'm like, I don't want to be an old bitch. But and there's be like, no going back. Ah, there's no going back. Yeah. You might as well just lean in and get yeah. used to it and not. I had I had to really have a couple coming to Jesus moments with myself of like, don't have a bad attitude about social media, Christina. You got to just fucking do it. It's part of the business. It's OK. Um. Yeah, what's interesting to me, which still, and I mean, actually, this is the other one podcast that I really knew of before, uh, I guess before yours was Mark Marin. Oh, yeah. What the, I love. He that. still does not do video. Yeah, I kind of respect I, that. Yeah. I was Like, good for him. Yeah. And that's how powerful his show is. Like, fuck you, I don't want to. Yeah. Good, just, don't. Yeah, I don't need video. He came, he came in here to do a pod once and he goes, you guys, you guys are doing cameras? I'm like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's the only way we, we, we can do this. you you're yeah. sort of set. Times you're, is changing. I think once you have Obama on, you're you're in the clear. You think you run out of topics, but you never do. You can't. You never run out of unique situations that people get themselves into. <laughs> what's what's the weirdest thing you've ever heard that you were like, I don't even know if I'm qualified to speak on this. Oh, I mean, what category are we talking? Like dark, sad, or like weird? Uh, I mean, let's let's go weird. Let's go dark, sad, and then weird. Okay, dark, sad. Um, my, uh, woman emailed us. I will never forget where I was during this. One of the many like things that I was naive to when we started the show was how often sexual assault happened. Honestly did not know. And I felt kind of like, how the fuck are we not talking about this all the time? Cause we got, we would get so many emails yeah. about people being raped and I'm like, God damn. Um, this is a topic that should be talked about with sexuality because it's something that happens. But, um, well, a woman emailed us. And I had a pretty dark childhood. I didn't realize that until like five years ago, though. Um, so I was still like, everything's great. I was great. My parents are great. You know, that kind of thing. And this woman emailed us saying that her dad uh, gang raped her on her 10th birthday. He had like all these friends come over to like gang rape her. And it was super, super. She's very matter of fact about it. And then she said she escaped to a Kroger grocery store and she met child. Like she managed the police, helped her find child protective services. And she got adopted and to a lovely family. Um, but I was like, um, that, that was up until that point, the most intense thing I've ever heard. And I didn't even know that happened. And I felt my innocence leave my body when I read that email. And then, but you know, that was kind of the start of, yeah, this kind of dark stuff happens to people. And I think it's very valuable to talk about in a way that you're not afraid to say the word raped, you know? Yeah. So, and I was, uh, cause it just made me uncomfortable cause it was, well, also the it's understanding awful. of what that is changed over the years. Like there was no consideration for the fact that at least me growing up, there was no consideration for the fact that if you're drunk, you can't legally consent. Like that wasn't considered rape. If you no, if you if you wasn't. consented while you were drunk, you consented. Yeah. And I've had many times in my college days where I was like, did I fuck him? Or And then he's like, I think I fucked you last night. I'm like, oh, I didn't want that. 
And you, you doesn't, you it, don't compute. No. It, it was to the point, we got so many emails about rape that I, I ended up volunteering at Bellevue Hospital. I signed up for this like um, advocacy program yes. where um, you're a volunteer advocate for anybody who comes into the ER uh, who's experienced uh, sexual assault or domestic violence. Um, and you kind of are part of their medical team and you're like the liaison between the police should they choose to press charges and the doctors and them. So you're like the point person. And you're also the one that's based in reality that understands them the way that like you're not seeing this every day. So for a, for a doctor that deals with this every day, yeah. it's just another patient. And yeah. you, be like, and you oh, need, I don't see this every day. You need empathy. You need yeah, compassion. You're the human and you being. need somebody to not be medical about it with yeah. you. And you need somebody to go, do you want like a cupcake? Do you want like a bottle of water? I'll go get it for you. Like, I got you. Um, yeah. And so, but the, the I went through the training and um, COVID happened. So they, they, oh, fuck. they just got rid of the program and I'm like, people still get raped. So you should probably. Ow, they're, they're locked in the house. What do you mean? What do you mean? Everyone's locked in the house. Oh, what domestic violence. Yeah. It, the, it went through the roof. Yes. Crazy. Went through it was, the roof. It was bigger numbers. Yeah. But one thing that I was very shocked to learn, again, one of those things where, you know, as you get older and you have more life experience, you talk to more people, you're like, okay, these are things that happen that I did not know about. Most of, a lot of the people that came in for rape were men from Rikers. Really? Interesting. And as a woman, like, there's, that's a layered, man. That's a layered <sighs> experience. I am, I am face to face with a man who, whatever he did, it doesn't matter what he did to get in there. And then he got sexually assaulted. And then he was, you know, brave enough to fucking say something because half of that goes yeah. unreported because with rape and masculinity that they just they but butt also, heads that's a running joke the running joke outside of prison is don't want to go to prison don't right. drop the soap you're gonna get fucked and then totally like, but then you realize like what that means is like yeah you're getting your body is getting violated yeah. when you're in a cage and there's probably it's more terrible. than one person involved uh -huh. and you can't you literally cannot do anything about it yeah, yeah. There's not a lot of, and yeah, prison. That's prison, something prison I had, blows. Yeah, it's really, that, truly awful. Like childhood trauma. Like every now, I understand childhood trauma and what it really is and how common it is. I'm like, the people that commit the most heinous crimes are the ones that need the most love. You're yeah. locking them in a cage and then yelling at them. You think that's gonna help society? No, it's not. No, I mean that. That's that's also one of the things I had to get over with the with working for Law and Order SVU. That desensitizes you to that stuff all the time. Because so did they bring it off of true stories? Or they they it was stories from the news that they twist and they they mm -hmm. but but every day you're walking in, there's a new rape victim, there's yeah. a new body in the dumpster. And before I started working there, there was always like, oh, everybody probably watches us for you and thinks, oh, we can't go to New York. You just get raped on every corner. Mm -hmm. And then you sit there and you're watching them produce it. And they're very hands on and careful about everything they're doing and saying, which I always respect and appreciated. But also it desensitizes you to like just bodies in the street and battered women. And yeah, it's and, and I had to I like, mean, we had a shirt called a wife beater for a long time that we were just like, had? oh, well, I still we hear still that have. word all the time. Yes, me too. And it does like it doesn't doesn't register. It doesn't register. It doesn't. No. Right. Because and that shows you how quickly you could become numb to something. That's yeah. why I try to be lenient about people out here who there are a lot of comics here who still say retard all the time. Yeah, it's a fun word. Yeah, it, it really. And sometimes like Rick. And I would never call a mentally challenged no. person retarded rick ingram says That's it perfectly it sometimes there just aren't other words to describe the way a person's behaving well society already took the word yeah. retarded and we we took it away from mentally challenged yeah. people and we gave it to like the dipshit friend who yeah. gets drunk first at the party and drives his car into the house yeah 
That's like, exactly what it I is. I would never call a mentally challenged person retarded. No. That feels so terrible. No. But I would call my fucking drunk friend retarded. Exactly. And I'm trying to ignore that word completely from the vocabulary. It's, it's just difficult. One. It's a fun one. Retarded is a good one. Well, context matters and meaning matters. Not, But that's the thing. In the public eye, context is completely ignored. Yes, it is. That's the problem. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. So that that it's that's crazy that starting this podcast led to all of this. Yeah, man. Yeah, which it's, I mean, it's wild. It's and and we've gotten so far as like the serious stuff. I I really didn't see coming. Um, and then people would write us about this one girl. Oh, this was a cool one. Um, she was on a hockey team in Canada, and she was maybe like eighteen or nineteen. And they didn't have a girls' league. They didn't have a mixed gender league, so they just she played on the boys' team, and she was really good. And she. Um, there was a kid on the opposing team that like bullied her, but like sexually bullied her, like said she was he was going to like he would like um, check her in weird ways, like on the on the ice. And he would take his hockey stick and like shove it in between a rib cage and stuff and say that he wanted to rape her or something like really like sexually like, violent things. And we read it. We read the email and then we got BuzzFeed Canada emailed us and said, hey, can you link us up with that girl? And there was this huge story about it. And then the hockey league, that that local hockey league, they changed the rules. And they talked about like sexual harassment wasn't a part of that is why a violation because it just wasn't talked about. And I'm like, that's fucking cool. You know, because I do think people I don't think any people are born pieces of shit. I think you learn to be a piece of shit. OK, so let's get to the weirdest thing that you've dealt with on the pod or <sighs> just the- people love. I mean, on the podcast, people love getting pooped on a lot. Really? People love race play, like uh, Anne Frank role play, Nazi role play, slave and owner role play. Uh, <laughs> just, just emails where I'm like, wow, I don't I, I'm going to read. I guess I'm going to read it because this is a thing. And then because I'm always like, does anybody else do this? And then sure, there's always people really? that do do it. Yeah. My first um, thought would be someone just fucking with us. And they're yeah. sending an emails just for attention. And then you that's what happens. That's that's basically Twitter. You open up to the whole world and they yeah. find their people. Yes, they do. Oh, I that's crazy. Up. I fucked up. Uh-oh. This is tricky. Uh-oh. This is, I really got caught. I'm I'm very impressed with how far you've gotten. Really? Yeah. I I knowing me, I'm like, I should have gone further. I'm a no, I, I'm very impressed that you at least have the siding to a car. Yeah. Yeah, it's not bad. Um, if you could change one thing about the industry as it is right now, what would it be? Comedy and entertainment in general. Mm. Oh, entertainment in general. Uh, well, definitely. I mean, I've been reading a lot about this, the strike and what they're asking for. There was a really great one great video that I watched. I'm like, I'm so glad I saw this. So SAG, uh, the entertainment industry strikes every so many years yeah. for these this exact reason. So this really isn't anything new. The only thing that's new, like as technology evolves, the actors and the entertainers that are involved in making it get uh, the short end of the stick with the paycheck and then they have to strike and then they get their rights. So that's, it's kind of like something that's been happening a lot. So, I mean, I mean, I want people to just get fucking paid. I wish there were more grants. I wish there were more grants for artists, like big, big, big dick grants. Yeah. Um, Because so that they can do, I don't know, they can do experimental things like make a short film. Like Canada this. is huge with that. Just throw oh, it yeah? out that they give out an amazing amount of grants and you have to be a citizen to yeah. apply for them. Yeah. And it's and they have a lot of festivals that are exclusive to Canadians. Like that's they're awesome. do, they're doing it right. Yeah, that's as, great. As well, a, that's as a, they're doing it that way, though, because no one wants to go to Canada. That, so, too. Um, I mean, they, everyone just went of, to Montreal. Yeah, well, for sure. And then uh, some of the best comedic minds come out of Canada. Yeah. Truly, truly, truly. Um but I'm like, oh, why doesn't the United States do that? Uh, it's probably because 
that competition bullshit. As as I get older, I realize, you know, I I've heard people be like, "Fuck capitalism," and I didn't really know what that meant, but now I absolutely know what that means. Yeah, just it's so there's so much greed in the entertainment industry. It, I mean, it, we were, I was talking, I forgot who I was talking to the other night. The entertainment industry, yes, but every like everything is for massive profit. There's yeah, no just like. There's no just like, hey, let's let's give medicine to people so they're not sick. Wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't that be great? I mean, there's a psychedelic that exists um, called the aboga. Um, it's a boga tree. It's a root from the tree that can, when done the right way with a shaman and with you know with the with the proper support, you can kick a heroin addiction without any withdrawals. And we live in a country where. Uh, painkillers are prescribed like candy and then it can escalate to heroin yeah. and then we put people on methadone so they're not addicted to heroin so they're addicted to that and I yeah I watched a documentary about about the aboga root and I was like what the fuck and then I'm always like why 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 and it's money yeah that's such bullshit yeah. so I I have a new podcast it's, it's not out yet but um it's gonna be out Probably soon. It's about aliens, ghosts, and psychedelics. And I'm really? obsessed with these three topics. I'm obsessed. <laughs> and one of the reasons why I'm obsessed is because there are answers to things and wh why certain parts of, of being a human on this planet um, can be so challenging and so gut-wrenching and why a lot of people kill themselves, frankly. Yeah. I think a lot of our answers lie in those three topics. Really? Yes. How does aliens fall into that? Technology. Um, so So you believe in aliens? Uh, oh, okay. A hundred percent. I just wanted that on the record. I, 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 I've, I've seen I know they, they're here. I want to see them. I'm too thirsty to see them. I okay. think they're like, ugh, it's like a guy. They're like, okay, we get it. You like us. Um, but I... I've just read a lot of books on them. I've in, We've interviewed a lot of people that have worked for the British government. Um, I've looked at all the crop... COVID gave me a lot of time. And I looked into crop circles. I looked into all the alien phenomena that gets talked about. And it's I think it's very important to be skeptical. You have to be skeptical. You have to doubt things because that's how you get to the truth, right? I also am very aware that I want this shit to be true really bad. So I, I try my best to balance that. But <clears throat> uh, the Congress hearing, the congressional hearing that yeah. just happened. So there have been a lot of experts that have worked with that guy that have came out to say that there is a there are privatized companies that work with really high up uh, areas of the U.S. government. We have everything you see on Star Trek, and I've multiple people have said this. Oh boy! Everything you've seen on Star Trek, we can do. So beaming, okay. transporting, all this shit. So I'm like, beaming? okay, yeah. So what? And but why is you reverse engineer um, alien technology? So there's all of these UFOs that have crashed or. Um, like aliens that have like come down in in vehicles and they've crashed and their technology has been reverse engineered. Um, one of the, uh, and I do take all this with a grain of salt, but I I, I read up on it a lot. Um, the lasers used for surgery, that was one of the things that was reverse engineered from really? alien technology, yeah. So if, if you go back, so what, if you Google where the technology came from and they, they attribute it to a single person. I don't, don't yeah, I don't, that. yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, of course. They're going to attribute it to a single person because they're not going to say aliens did it. But, um, <clears throat> but again, going back to greed and going back to capitalism, why aren't they talking about it is because um, Alan Steinfeld wrote, wrote uh, this incredible book called Making Contact with 10 guest authors. A lot of them are okay. former military people. 
He said, whatever country is able to get a hold of the most alien technology and reverse engineer it will be the leading power in the world, economically, militarily, all of it. Um, <clears throat> so that's one of the reasons why it's kept secret. And it's just such a greedy, greedy, but evil why, fucking thing to so do. So you think it's more of they'll be fighting for this for for the technology? Yes. And so if you if you look back, a lot of alien sightings, <clears throat> aliens have been depicted in hieroglyphics and caves in ancient civilizations. Like a UFO, exactly how we would look at it today. Like if you ask a child to draw a UFO, yeah. that exact drawing has been in, found in many caves and many civilizations all over the world. Um, it, it really had an uptick in the 50s and 60s um, because of the nuclear weapons. Um, and they've been known a lot of sightings happen around nuclear testing sites and they like shut off the nuclear reactors. And I'm like, those motherfuckers are saving us from ourselves. Thank you, aliens. We need it. This is why you're good at everything. You just, you go in. I go in, man. You're not, you're not going to make a statement unless you've done your research. No. And I, and I, and I, I, It sounds, it it sounds, my, my thing with aliens is like, define alien. I don't think there's anything that's that's more technically more advanced. Well, we can't do that. I mean, then we're talking animal. Any, okay. Anything that doesn't come from planet earth. Is how okay. that's alien. Any any sentient being that doesn't come from Earth, but I mean that's such a broad kind yeah. of because we don't know what's happening. It's, it's it, like when when we when you talk about it like that, it's very um, okay. So whenever the like I'm Jewish, whenever there's anti-Semitism, I'm like, yeah, well, we have a, a sect of our people that think we're the chosen people, right? And people don't like hearing that when you run around saying we're the best. God put people that, with low self-esteem don't like hearing that. Well, no, I mean, I, I yeah, fair. But that that at the same time, I'm trying to say that there, like I'm here saying there's nobody more advanced than Jews. Yes, but also aliens. <laughs> yeah, no, there's nobody more advanced than humans. Like that. Ah. So I, it's a weird thing where I'm I'm sitting here like, no, there's nobody coming with technology that's more advanced than ours. Oh, there are. Yeah, you, way you really, more. I can't, I can't so, get around that. So if you look at all the military videos that have been released by the government, the way <laughs> that this vehicle flies is unknown to anything on uh, that has to I do with saw physics. That, on Earth. I saw that. They video. do this. They fly sideways against winds that are really, really hurricane strength winds, yeah. and they literally disappear. They beam. I mean, it's like it's. I I don't know what it is. I have no idea. I mean, I want to know. I want to know more about it. But um, yeah. Uh, it's there's no way that they're not. I guess my real. other question is, I guess from in your opinion, if if aliens come here, they're not going to be particularly threatened by us. Um, I don't think they unless we shoot at them. I think. Um, yeah, but but also, if they wanted to rule this place, they could. Why would? Why do you think? Agree. We don't. Ha- why? Why do you think they have chosen not to? Because they have their own planet. I think that they okay. now these are far out. Con- these things, I'm like, I'm just guessing. I have no yeah, idea. Yeah. And well, I've yeah. So there's something called like channeled texts. So Abraham Hicks is one of the things everybody knows about the secret. Everybody knows about the secret. Abraham Esther Hicks was a woman who like worked with the authors of The Secret or was kind of, kind of involved in that movement, but she channels. And what channeling is, is um, she and this is a far out concept, even for me. I'm like, I don't understand this. Um, she channels like the voice of another spirit being who know, I don't know. Um, she's probably explained it before, um, but there's a I've read a channeled text about from like aliens and I'm like, OK, this is this is. <laughs> 
I don't know what I think about this, but I'm very interested in hearing it. You know, I, I have yeah. a very, very, very open mind. And um, yeah, so apparently aliens, according to this channel text that I've read, um, they like Earth, they're kind of like looking after Earth in a way okay. and kind of like helping us not destroy ourselves and not destroy like making permanent holes in the universe and again this is this stuff i'm like this is pretty far can out. i just I don't say know how i feel about it but can i just say they're doing a very poor job they are they're doing a very poor job well they're apparently trying to get us to do it ourselves like trying to like you know when a parent tries to yeah, yeah. teach no, you how don't, to fish no, no, no don't, don't it's not working come help come, yeah, yeah. How, if, you're, if you're watching this please come help oh yeah we need it as quickly as you can we have political problems we have uh, environmental so problems, financial problems. There's nothing going right here. Yes. People are losing their minds. When it rains in California, the place shuts down. We need, yeah. we, I, That's insane. I mean, I saw snow in Burbank. Everybody thought it was chemical, a chemical leak. It was serious? There was snow. There was like uh, flurries of snow. People were having a meltdown in the Target parking lot. I was like, guys. Really? I've like really having a meltdown? Yeah, people jumped in their cars. Like, um, like they thought it was uh, like- Ash? Some, yeah, from like, like ash from some kind of chemical- it, they, I was like, guys, touch yeah, it. Turn it's off cold. the news. It'll first turn of to all. water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're good. <laughs> it's magic. Just Although I will say, when New York was covered in smoke from the wildfires, we were acting like LA when it rains. We were acting really? like little bitches. Although the air quality was, it was truly terrible. Like the, I saw the whole sky. city was, it was awful. It was like you were in the, it was you were in a giant's fart cloud for five hours. I came um, to New York two days later, and there was still everybody was scared to leave their house. They were like looking out their doors. I was like, Guys. it was pretty wild. But I was like, wow, we're acting like little little babies the way LAX with a little rain. And now I'm yeah. I'm not gonna make fun of you guys anymore. Oh because, no, you can still make fun of well, them because they can't drive when it's perfectly sunny out. So when it's rain, it is anarchy. Why do you think that is? Um, I think. I think there's they take the rules here very seriously. Like if, if you're if you're you can make right on red, which you can in New York City. You right. can make it in Long Island. You can do that on Long Island. Anywhere but yeah, yeah, New York City. When when you're when you have the, the walk sign here, even if they're they can make a right turn, they'll wait for you to get all the way across the street instead of just making the right turn while you're weird. up. It's weird. And when when a fire truck or police car comes by, they all stop wherever they are, even if it's on <laughs> four lanes over on they, it's, it's precious, but that also is precious. Like, why? Why are we doing this? As a New Yorker, though, I'm like, get the fuck out of the way. Oh, that's me. Yeah. Even what in Dunkin' Donuts here, I'm the guy online who's yelling, "Why are we not moving?" I right. know you guys have nothing to do all day, but I have stuff to do. Yeah. The, I was the never the that sense guy of in urgency. New York. Well, it's because New York has a sense of urgency. Yeah. And the serve it. You go to any Dunkin' Donuts, any Starbucks, you get the shit fast. They know yeah. they get want now. you to be in a rush. Yep. We want. We are always in a we rush. We run on Dunkin' in and California. I, they sleep. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they nap on Dunkin'. Yeah. Yeah. But I love, which I love, I really love the sense of urgency, which is why I don't think I could ever live here. Well, that's why I, I and I say this to everyone from New York, that's why you would thrive here. You think you're successful oh. in New York, you would thrive in L.A. Really? The amount of things you'll get done in L.A. will make people's heads spin. Really? Yeah. You oh, will that, fly that might be by good me. for my self-esteem. I mean, you will fly. That's the one thing where like the stuff I've accomplished here. At, that I have that I didn't accomplish for 35 years in New York. I'm like, wow. I regret not coming out here sooner. Wow. Just, Something about California, I will say, makes me sad. Oh, and I'm, I don't, I'm always sad here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what it is, though. It's so beautiful here. Yeah, but it's everybody's. I like the people. Everybody's depressed. I mean, not that they aren't depressed in New York, but everybody. It, it's what I was told when I was complaining about how terrible dating is out here. It's mm -hmm. that anybody that's a transplant here came for 
probably a job in entertainment. Yeah. So that's their focus. Yeah. And that is so depressing to be active, like just to be doing something in entertainment and just being told no all the time. It's for sure. I, yeah. I get it. And I, that's the vibe I get here. Even the comics, they'll come in and if they have a bad set, it ruins their entire night. Yeah, which I'm yeah. sure is the same in New York, but also. <clears throat> yeah, in, not in, really. In New York, you can do five spots in a five block radius yeah. and, and be back on top. Murder, murder, murder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a weird when, And when we bomb, we're like, ah, fuck, okay. And you can have like a realistic yeah. assessment of it without like yeah. losing all of your self-esteem, which is There nice. are a few people that make me laugh when they eat shit because they'll oh, acknowledge yeah. it and then live. Like Steph Tolev, when she gets up. Oh, I love oh, her. When God, Steph gets up, damn it. Like, oh, I just ate a plate of dicks. So yeah. Like, yeah. That's <laughs> <great>. <laughs> I love Steph so much. She'll acknowledge yeah, yeah, yeah. it and she'll like move on with her night and just yeah. go do whatever. But and that's com- how you sh- how it should be. Yeah. I would lose all of my self-esteem when I would bomb, um, which was silly looking back at it because it's okay. Like, <laughs> it's, it's fun. The you, only way you're going to get better. Yeah. And you just laugh. It's fucking hilarious. You yeah. went on stage. The audience hated what you said and how you said it. Like, that's kind of funny. I don't know. There's something funny about the that. craziest thing is you've probably done that bit within five days before that and it killed. So to think that it's not a good joke anymore. There's a lot of factors in going to bombing, which is, you know, good Um, to know. We're getting close to wrapping up. You're doing pretty well here. Not as good as I wanted to be, but thank you. I mean, no, I'm impressed you even got that far. If you could change one thing about yourself, what would it be? Oh God, that's a great question. I can only pick one. Fuck. I mean, Um, no, you could list as many as you want, but I I feel like most people have that one thing that lingers and then the rest is just... My procrastination. I would really, really, really... I don't know what the fuck my deal is, but my God, I have to really feel like the house is burning down in order to get stuff done and I hate that. Has that even been... Was that also in college or... Yeah, it was always like that. I'm like, it's so stressful. Um, So I hate that and I would just have more fun doing the work if I didn't do that. Um, and I've done a lot of work on myself. So yeah, that might be, that might be it for now. Cause okay, I've changed, that's a, a good l- one. I've changed a lot of stuff about myself. I mean, you hit a certain level of, of success where that doesn't work anymore as easily as it used to. Like not well, even that oh, you procrastinating? can't, pro- not that you can't procrastinate, but that things are just flying so quickly that everything becomes urgent quicker. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Like if you're work- if I'm working on a script. I and I'm working at my own pace. It's not something I'm being paid for. I'm doing it on spec. Yeah, I can take my time, and that's one of the things I'm. De- I'm uh, that's one of the issues I'm dealing with now. It's taking your time. It's like that's that's the most lethal thing you could say to me. Yeah, I'll fucking take years. Oh really? Okay, great. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is. And but I'll stress myself out the whole time. You didn't do the thing today, Christina. You didn't yeah. do the thing. Why didn't you do the thing today? And I just. Is it that you're bumping it down a list, or will you just do nothing? It's like then- a fear cause flows up in me, and I'm. It's uh, maybe it's an imposter syndrome thing. I don't even know, but it's really, it's debilitating. For me, it's second guessing. I start second guessing. Like, it's yeah, even funny. I'm fifty pages in. It's like, well, yeah. I'm confident for fifty pages, I could probably churn out another fifty for sure. I, it's a lot of. Well, and it's sometimes it's just just do the damn thing and then correct it later. Yeah, you know, it's better to do something than to not. Yeah, um, yeah. All right, I think we're gonna call it an episode. This was awesome. Thank you for doing it. Let's a see car, where we got. But she can't drive it yet. That's what a car looks like in in LA. Yeah, there's <laughs> a there's cars driving in LA. Oh, here we go. There's the wheels. That I'm like, how is your axle still connected to the body it's of your vehicle? It's mind that is blowing. Fucking insane. The amount of times when I first got here that I bottomed out just going up a hill, like, oh, I got this in my little Toyota Uh-oh. Camry. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, now okay. she can drive. Yay! I think women you, behind the wheel. You nailed it. Thank you and so you'll much. And fin- you'll get to finish it when you get back to New York. Oh, really? You're going to give it to me? Oh, yeah. It's Yay! I, I need to see that pile of shit bill. Yeah, no, me too. I know. Me too. I'm doing so. this one on another episode, but I'm excited to see your pile of shit bill. Yeah, I should have started with the pile of shit. Um, 
Yeah, we got that. We we're getting there. Oh, that's great! God damn, we're getting there. Oh, so, but you're used to doing this, Christina. Where can they find you? Oh my god, you find me everywhere. Um, Christina Hutch at Christina Hutch is my social media. K R Y S T Y N A, and I have a Patreon where I do group therapy. I'm not a licensed therapist, but I facilitate the group. Um, just letting shit off your chest. I, honestly, it's like one of my favorite parts of my week. It's over Zoom. It's five bucks a month. Um, Patreon.com slash Christina Hutchinson. I feel very good about it. And Guys We Fucked is like the one of the best podcasts ever. That it's I'm very such proud a good of. podcast. From Fisher and I. Um, we just got a new studio. We're rebranding in the fall. We're going to do Masculinity Month. I'm very excited about that. Um, like Men Month. And we're Ooh. just going to dive into like what 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 is manhood? What is masculinity? Oh, what boy. is it to be a man? What is it to have a dick? Like what is that? You know? Uh, and so we're really excited about that. And uh, yeah. I'm excited to see you in the main room tomorrow. Yay, me too. Hopefully I I'm sell tickets. Ooh, ooh. Yeah. Um, yeah, follow me at Sadie and Sosis, and uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs>